Welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. I'm John Williamson, the host of the podcast and founder of K-12 Food Rescue, a national organization founded in 2007, committed to empowering students to lead the Food Is Not Trash movement in their school districts. Today, I'm joined by Lori Danella, Director of Nutrition Services at Lee's Summit R7 School District in Missouri. This is our 78th episode of the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast, and it's extra special because it highlights a success story in a brand new state for us, our 27th state to be exact. So, Lori, welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and share our story. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to have you. So, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your role at Lee's Summit R7 School District? Sure. Um, I have been in school nutrition for over 25 years now. Um, I started out as an assistant manager and slowly worked my way up to being a director. Um, Our district has 25 locations and we have about 18,200 students. And I run the nutrition department and we have about 170 staff members and all of our locations prepare food on site For breakfast in K through 8, we do grab and go, and they take that to the classroom. And in our high schools, we still do hot breakfast every morning. And we offer um, at least two to three hot entrees a day, um, high schools and middle schools even more, and several cold items. So we have lots of options to choose from for our students. So it's just kind of a tiny little operation then, huh? Just a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That sounds I'm even more thankful that you even have a moment to talk to me, given hearing all of that. Uh, that's such a big job. So can you tell everybody how you became interested um, in the issue of school food waste? Well, when I started seeing food waste um, really escalate was when um, the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act took effect. Um, at that time, the students were... Um, forced to have at least a half a cup of fruit or vegetable on their tray. And it seems like when students are told that they have to take something that they're not going to eat it or just to prove a point, it's going to sit there and it's going to get wasted. So we really watched close for the first couple of months and decided that we really needed to do something. Um, Our term was we were feeding the trash cans instead of feeding the students. Um, even though the food was healthy, again, it went back to the fact that they were told that they had to take something um, instead of it was their choice. Yeah, that was a big, that was certainly a big deal. And I can see how that would impact um, the waste. So once you realized there was a problem, you know, what are your earliest memories of trying to do something about it? Maybe hurdles to overcome, maybe things that were perhaps easier or more difficult than you thought? The first thing we had to do is um, work with our local health department. Um, They have um, several stipulations before you're allowed to offer a share table. And we also worked with um, our Missouri Food Nutrition DESE department because they have guidelines also. So we kind of educated ourselves on what we needed to do and how we needed to do it and kind of developed a plan that changed a lot. Um, You know, you would get something going and think, okay, this is going good. Well, then something would change and we would have to backpedal and change things. Um, We also had to think about presentation. Um, We looked at um, 
you know, in the beginning, we looked at just putting out carts with baskets and then cold master pans to keep like the milk and the items that needed to be cold um, out on a cart. And it didn't look really professional, but at least we were making an, an attempt. We also um, drew together um, items that were what we called legal to put on the food cart and items they couldn't put on the food cart, which of course is wrapped items, um, things in cartons and that type of thing. Yep. Um, we didn't allow students that brought their lunches from home to put items on the cart. Um, we just felt that that wasn't safe because we didn't know, um, like if a refrigerated item had been kept cold the whole time before the student came to lunch. So it's just items that we had in our department and that we offered for that day. Uh, we ordered banners. Um, I'm really big into merchandising because kids really need to see what's going on. They need to read what's going on and they also eat with their eyes. So we just kind of pulled it all together and the health department came through and they approved everything we did. Um, we had to do all of our standard operating procedures. Um, we, they were fine with that. We made little booklets. So we had just like a little program that was our share tables. Um, we really didn't have too many hurdles. It was more planning. When we talked with our principals, um, they were all on board because even though we're a suburban district and we're very low free and reduced, we're about 21%, there is food insecurity in every single building, in every single school in our nation. Um, it, it's sad to say that, but it occurs, and we know that. So we knew we were going to um, help students out. Uh, we also have students that bring their lunch that parents don't allow them to purchase milk, and we'll just send them with water. So that gave them an opportunity to be able to get milk also. Um, for those students that are still hungry, you know, um, a sixth grade boy sometimes eats a lot more than a sixth grade girl does. So that gave them extra cheese sticks, that there was yogurt, um, extra milk. So we saw it being used right away. Um, another thing that we did is if there was a student that we knew um, was struggling at home and there may not be food in the evening for them to have, uh, we don't have a supper program in our district. We would purchase book bags, and if we had items left at the end of the day that we would put out the next day, we would send that home with that child. Um, we try to utilize every means we could. Um, our district does have a back snack program, but it doesn't reach every student. So we kind of um, helped out with that program. That is just awesome. Can you tell me, you know, just give our audience an idea of what kinds of foods we're talking about that are, you know, completely wrapped, unopened, you know, unpeeled sure. stuff? Um, we have, like for breakfast, we'll have muffins. And, of mm -hmm. course, all of this is whole grain. Um, it meets, you know, it meets all the regulations because it's on our lunch and breakfast menus. So um, for, like, the dry items, it might be a granola bar. It could be... Um, a Scooby snack, which is a gram, um, Nutri-Grain bars, um, and then our fresh fruit. Our health department allows us to put fresh fruit out that is whole with the skin on, um, so they're able to get extra fruit. 
Um, I'm trying to think of other dry items. You would think that's I would. That's a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, um, that's a good description of what's, what's typically in a national school lunch program or breakfast program, <laughs> I think, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I always do a little math with my with my guests, especially the ones that are successful to kind of just demonstrate the impact of people. So you got 180 days in a school year. You know, how many items a day would you say are put on the share table and therefore rescued and kept out of the trash can? Well, just on an average in each school. You know, I'm going low right now mm-hmm. um, because kids bring their lunch at the beginning of the school year because they have their new lunch boxes or they have their new little insulated tote. So participation usually starts going up in October. So I would say a good estimate now would probably be um, 40 to 50 Um, because we have some little baby schools that only have 150. Yep. And then we have the high schools that have 2,000. Um, So I would say 40 to 50 per day right now would be a good estimate. So doing the math of 180 days and 45 food items in 25 schools, that's 202,500 food items approximately. Um, that are being kept from a landfill just as a result of uh, giving kids an option on what to do with these things rather than just throwing them away. Because I would assume prior to you doing this, when a child walked by the trash can, they really didn't have a choice on what to do with an unopened item. It went in the trash can. Um, We actually had a couple news stations come to our district um, and record because we were doing some waste studies and some waste surveys, and they Mm -hmm. were appalled at what they saw going in the trash can. And the sad thing is the state of Missouri would not allow us to donate to pantries. Um, I don't know if it's a law or what, but the local health department and the state would not allow us to do that. We even considered donating to the the zoo. Um, We have a beautiful zoo here in the city and they said they would prefer not to do that because sometimes they felt that would encourage kids to take something because they know they were going to be feeding the zoo animals and they didn't want to do that, which I didn't agree with, but we had to follow the rules. Wow. I have heard of some insanity in certain states. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But that one is we got to keep the food out of the food pantries for some reason. Just it's just stunning, but that's why we do what we do um, to begin to share success stories. And that's certainly not the case in most of the other states in the union that I'm I'm aware of. Um, There's still resistance, obviously nationally to it, but not like overtly, like you absolutely positively can't do it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just impressive that you were able to do the share tables. I mean, we do have schools that do share tables and then some don't do share tables and do uh, food donations to food pantries. And then some do combinations of both, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just interesting how every school, even within a district um, is different, but I always tell people, it doesn't matter which one you're doing or if you're doing both, just do something, (laughs) you know, it's whatever whatever you do, it's a hundred times better than throwing it in the trash can. So can you give me an idea, is the, is the program led entirely by adults or are there opportunities for student leadership and just, you know, jobs within the Share Table program? Well, right now it is led by our nutrition department. Um, we have just geared back up. Um, COVID put a big damper on everything. Yes, and um, we are now um, 100% in. All 25 buildings have share cards. I purchased new cards for each building this year. Um, They look very professional. And our goal is to start 
involving our nutrition councils. We have nutrition councils in each of our elementaries and we meet once a month. So I'm going to get them involved to help with the program and to help with the process. And at the high school and middle school level, we're gonna look at some of the clubs they offer and have them sponsor our share tables. So that way they can do their broadcasting through their classrooms and advertise to the students. And for the older kids, try to get the stigma away. Um, you see that sometimes with the older kids, they think, oh, well, I don't have money. Everybody's going to know I don't have money because I'm taking something off the share card. So um, that's what we're going to do to get that stigma away. And we're already kind of seeing it. Um, we had some of the football team in one of our buildings. They wanted some extra cheese sticks to take to their practice. They went to the share cart and got it. They weren't embarrassed. So that that helped already. Um, yeah. So our intent is to get everybody involved. Um, we want the principals and we want the teachers. We want everybody to promote this and to let the students know this is a great opportunity. It's fair. Take advantage of it. So um, I think we'll hit our goal um, once we get going with this school year. And with the equipment we have, I think we're going to be very successful. Oh, for sure. And I just just want to reiterate to our audience, you know, 200, an estimated 200,000 food items annually over a five-year period would be a million food items. And, you know, what I just, I, I'm hopeful that others in your in your area and in your state would see what you're doing and want to model what you're doing because, you know, we always tell folks that are involved in this, you know, these numbers are astonishing, but they're actually a force multiplier when other people see it and they start. You'll really almost never know the impact of what you've done um, beyond even the numbers that you've rescued. So I just want to thank you for that and and because uh, it's just so inspiring. Well, something I, I'm planning on doing, I'm serving on the Missouri SNA board, the School Nutrition Association board as vice president. I actually have um, a board meeting on Friday. So I'm going to take this information with them and share everything that I have gotten and share where I purchased my equipment. And I'm going to challenge some of them to follow suit. Um, Missouri is a huge state. And um, like I said before, there's food insecurity everywhere. And I think nutrition directors know that our passion is serving our kids. Our passion is for helping our kids. And I think just getting this information that they might not have had before will really help and maybe even get more people on board in our state. Absolutely. And I was so excited to see you that you uh, kind of messed around a little bit with our tracking tool that we have online, because just being able to demonstrate what 200,000 items does, you know, from an environment, not only a hunger standpoint, but from an environmental standpoint, um, you know, it's a great way to kind of, like you said, just here's what we're doing and offer everybody the opportunity to, to follow suit. Um, and, you know, I can tell you that in Indiana where food rescue was started in 2007, you know, our greatest impact that we have was being able to speak to the Indiana State Nutrition Association two consecutive years, just as it, just, just a quick five, 10 minute presentation, you know, was able to, to, to allow things to grow like wildfire here. So I was happy to hear, you know, the opportunity that you're going to be with folks like that in Missouri. Um, what advice would you have for people that are interested in approaching their schools about starting share table programs um, to recover healthy food that's unopened that might otherwise be thrown away? You know, it's so simple. You don't have to have the fancy cards like what we have 
well, I say graduated up to. Um, all cafeterias have food carts that we use, you know, to, for food production and for stocking and everything. If you have some baskets, you can go to the dollar store and purchase baskets. You can go to Hobby Lobby. You can go to any of those places. And all cafeterias should have cold master pans. So that way you can do the cheese sticks. You can do the yogurt. You can do the parfaits. You can do the milk. Um, just work with your principals. Um, let them know that this is an opportunity for students that still may be hungry to get extra food items or students that, um, you know, have brought their lunch and are hungry. Because we all know a lot of those school lunches that the students pack themselves aren't very nutritious. So yeah. at least if they get something from us, we know it's nutritious. Um, but just, you know, share your compassion, share your passion, because they're in education also, and they have the same passion we do. Um, and students can't learn if they're hungry. So we are one of the biggest tools school districts have because we provide the meals for their students and their students can't learn if they're hungry. So um, work with them. You can um, order signage online very cheaply. There's um, Build-A-Sign, there's Vistaprint, there's a lot of other places you can get things. You can even work with your art departments and your high schools for signage. And get information from your health department or your state department to see what their guidelines are, because every state department has those. And if they don't have them posted on the website, email the state director, email your health, your lead health inspector. Um, it's an easy process because the students drop it off in the basket. You know, you refrigerate any milk or any cold items that's left. And, you know, you do that overnight, you can put it out the next day and um, watch your dates. And it's really a no brainer. Um, right now, we hardly have anything left on those tables at the end of the day. It, it's almost all gone. Um, it it really doesn't add any time to your day. It doesn't add any planning. It's, it's just there. Um, and you can be proud of it. And if I could just add to what you said, there's a link on our website at foodrescue.net for the history of school food waste policies. And we try to track and make it easy for people in every single state what the policies are in their state. And after our podcast, if you could send me anything you've got in Missouri, I will definitely add upload that up to our website as well for people um, to see. So, that would be great. Can you, uh, can you tell if uh, – if anyone's interested in learning more about starting a food rescue program, K-12 food rescue program in your school, how could they reach out to you? What, you know, what might they do? Could it be an uh, email address, that kind of thing? Oh, I would love to help anybody. Um, my email address is Lori, L-O-R-I dot Danella, D-A-N-E-L-L-A at L-S, as in Sam, R7 dot net. Um, they can email me. They can give me a call at my direct extension at 816-986-2206, and I'd be glad to share any information with them. Excellent. Well, Lori, thank you again for joining me today on the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast, and I look forward to seeing your success spread throughout Missouri schools and beyond. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Goodbye.